Amen. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4. We'll look at verses 18 through 22. We're looking at James tonight. Matthew, chapter 4. <clears throat> we'll begin in verse 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, cast a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he says unto them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the boat with their father and their father and followed him. Father, thank you for the calling. Thank you for your patience to wait on us. And I pray that you speak to our hearts tonight as you spoke to James. In Jesus' name, amen. James was the first apostle to die after the Lord's Supper. Um, in that upper room, many questions were asked. I'm satisfied James had a lot of questions that were asked. But he was the first one to die uh, after uh, the Lord's Supper. He, like his brother John... Uh, and his two friends, Peter and Andrew, as we read them there, uh, they were in the fishing business. Um, he, like John, was a fiery, uh, my daddy would call him a cap buster. You know, he got right on into it, and he was nicknamed Son of Thunder, or James the Less. Now, James the Less could have mean a less in age compared to his brother, or less in statue. Uh, but even nevertheless, James the less also. And um, like Andrew, he was forced to live under the shadow of a real famous brother. And you've heard that said before and talked about. This is so-and-so. This is so-and-so's brother. Oh, yeah, I know him. I remember him. And uh, so a lot of times he might have been put down. Uh, but um, as we see uh, his famous brother moving right along, uh, John, we understand, and James... And uh, Jesus all uh, were, to, were cousins. And thinking about that, uh, Peter, James, and John were with Jesus when Jesus raised Jairus' daughter. They were all present. They saw a dead person come back to life again. They were together at the transfiguration. When Jesus was transfigured and, and taken out of this world, they saw him leave this world. And it's amazing to me how they could, you know, couldn't help but move forward in sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and believe that he, he said, hey, I'll be back. They were also in the Garden of Gethsemane with him. When the trial was heavy, when the trial was hot, when Jesus was about to fold under, and he simply said, but not what I want, but what you want. You know, I think many times, as I have, uh, working through the disciples so far, I can put myself uh, with James so far. I'll share some of that with you as we go. But first of all, if we look at, the James, at James, the first one to die of the disciples, I want us to think about his decision first. We see it there in, in uh, uh, verse 20 uh, through 22. Um, uh, chapter 1 of James's life uh, is a life of decision. 
we all have to make decisions. We make decisions every day. Some of those decisions affect us for the rest of our life. So we need to be cautious. We need to be careful. When a decision time comes of how we decide. Now listen, I want to I say this. This may not make any sense to you. As a Christian, born again child of God, when somebody comes and says, listen, I feel, I feel like you're the person to do this job. I've watched you, your faith, your faithfulness. And for you to say something like this, listen, uh, let me pray about it. You know what that does? That gives the devil an opportunity to drive a wedge in there for you possibly to come back and say, well, you know, I just don't feel led to do that. Why not? Well, get somebody else. Why? James could have said that, hey, man, Lord, I'm, I don't want to leave my daddy. Hey, we got this fishing business, things are thriving, everything's going well. And you're asking me to follow you to drop what I'm doing? A decision. Andrew and Peter rose to the choice. They didn't know where the road would lead to them, lead them. I think about my own life. When I made the decision to follow Jesus, having surrendered to preach, I had no idea where he would take my life as it has been unfolding for since 1976. It continues to unfold page after page, decision after decision. But anyway, <clears throat> they left their business, left their families. Now understand, not their wives, but they left their families. Just like Lynn and I, we moved away. But you know, it was, a, it was sort of funny. Uh, Lynn and I got married in 1970. Uh, I forget which set of parents moved first, but I think it was mine. Mom and Daddy... Uh, lived about a mile and about a mile from where we built our house, and Lynn's mom and daddy lived maybe a quarter of a mile. We got married in 1970. My mom and daddy built a new house and moved seven miles up the road. What long? Lynn's mom and daddy sold the house where she was raised, moved seven miles in the other direction. <laughs> James left his family. He left his friends. And I think about it many times. You know, I, I envy some of you all when I hear you talking about your classmates, your high school classmates. And, and even some of you in here tonight, you graduated together. You went through school together. You in church together. I envy that. Because Lynn and I don't have that. I mean, we left all of that. And don't feel sorry for us. I don't feel sorry for myself. I think about it, you know, and... and Many of our classmates are dying. I mean, hey, uh, they're just dying. Dean, would you come here, please? This is about two weeks old. I don't know where I ought to swallow it or not. <laughs> just rinse it out and put a little cold water in there for me, brother. It's good, ain't it? Watch him catch something now for that gesture. But, hey, we moved away. It was decision time. We had to make a decision. God had opened the door. He had given the opportunity. And it was decision time. 
I dare say the morning that, that James got up and made his way to meet his daddy and his brother there at the ship, I dare say if he knew, had even an idea that Jesus would pass by that day and say, hey, come follow me. Now, you know, they were, of course, they were disciples of John the Baptist already, and so it wasn't like they didn't know what was going on or what was happening. Thank you, sir. But Jesus, uh, you remember what John said about Jesus? Uh, he said, here he comes, and, uh, you know, hey, i got to decrease so he can increase. You know, as a Christian, we must make a decision to let Jesus increase in our life. And not be a show for what I have done, but what the Lord has done and is doing uh, through me. So, we see uh, James here uh, calling these boys to, to follow him full time. Um, you know, it's the power to choose in life that God gives us. As a Christian, now I'm not talking about lost people, I'm talking about born again children of God. Because decisions are come. They come all the time. I mean, of course it hadn't happened here, and I doubt if it will, at the age this preacher is. But uh, when I was at Earl's Grove, uh, 27 years, I only had four committees. And only one said, hey, we want to talk to you. And after about three hours of talking, they couldn't make up their mind. I said, listen, boys, I'm going to pray with y'all. And I'm getting out of here. And y'all can talk about me. So that's what I've done. Probably two weeks later, I saw the chairman of that committee. He said, oh, we called a man. We, we've got us a man. About a year and a half later, he, I saw him. And he said, he done left. <laughs> so okay. I'm still where I am. Okay. But we all make decisions. And James made, probably it was a tough decision. God comes to all of us on the road of life to make these decisions. And, uh, you know, they were, they were in cahoots in this business of fishing and uh, things was going well. And uh, I doubt if it went like this, Jesus may have said, you know, you're going to have to sell your boat. Because where I'm fishing to send you, you ain't going to need no boat. He said, yeah, but I love what I do. So I'm sorry, you won't need that. Where are you going? I know that when I surrendered to preach, people say, well, I guess you'll have to give up a motorcycle riding now. I said, why? Well, you know what kind of crowd rides motorcycles. I said, well, I ain't off that crowd. And when I was, when Lynn and I was called here, Josh said, Daddy, I guess you'll have to give up your overalls. I said, what for? He said, you're the pastor of the First Baptist Church. That's what for. I said, hey, it ain't going to change the, the equipment here, the attire. I'm going to still wear those things. Well, Jesus simply said uh, one word, come. Hey, and follow me. Are you willing to do that? It might not be, but just go next door. It could be go down the street, go down the road a little piece. It could be, hey, a little further deeper into the state, or it could mean out of the state. It could mean in another country. Are we willing? Or are we willing to uh, allow our youngins to be led into a, a mission? And you see, God's still speaking. But a lot of times people are hindered by parents, grandparents. They're hindered. 
I want to be one to encourage them to move on and to go and to serve the Lord. Um, James is an interesting person to say the least. Uh, he says to each of us, come and follow me, according to Jesus. He spoke to, the Israel, to Israel in the wilderness through Moses, and this is what he said. Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, I want to know who is on the Lord's side. Whoever's on the Lord's side, come and stand on my side. And so it, he, he spoke also these same words in Cana through Joshua. Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will follow. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He didn't say we might serve him. He didn't say oh, we'll go along with it if, if mama approves of it or if the youngins approve of it. We should not let our youngins dictate where we go to church. Hello? I tell men, hey, you're supposed to be the man of your house. And if you ain't, you need to sit down with the scripture and with your bride and share that with say, here's what God says. And be that man. Well, Elijah was strong. If Lord be God, you remember he, he built an altar there? Had many gallons of water come in, poured on the wood and everything else. <laughs> Baal gods, egg hollered and called on them, screamed and yelled. And Elijah said, hey, they must be asleep. Maybe you need to holler a little louder. <laughs> and then he called down the fire of God. And he simply said, if the Lord be God, follow him. If he bail, then follow him. You've seen the results here. He not only burned up the wet wood, it lapped up the water, just everything. Gone, dry. If God did it then, y'all, he can do it now. Now, our uh, proposed building and payments and loans and all, I think it's something to be paid off somewhere around 11 years. I don't want it to be that long. I want it to be quicker. And it'll only happen, it'll only come if we trust the Lord with what we have. And the more we trust Him with what we have, the more He will put in our hands. We sing, make me a channel of blessing, like a big funnel. But then we get down there where it pours out, it's going to hinder it, you know. Stop. The Bible says, many are called, but only few are chosen. He said, broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many will be going in that direction. But narrow is the way that leads to eternal life, and few there be going that way. It's all in a decision, y'all. Well, when we think about uh, James's decision, first of all, let's think about this. It was a thoughtful decision. John's gospel reveals these fishermen disciples had grew up in godly homes. If you read and follow the scripture, they were disciples, as I said earlier, of John the Baptist. They had spent a lot of time listening to John preach and he would possibly work on the shores there when John said, look, yonder comes the Lamb of God and up walks Jesus and asks John to baptize him. You see, God plows the heart before he plants the seed. 
It didn't take him a year and a half to plow my heart. It took me a year and a half to understand and know, hey, this is what he wants. You know, decisions. You know, if God spoke to you to sell your place and come follow me, I'm going to send you somewhere. I can't tell you where it is right now, but all I can promise you is I'll take care of you. Many a night I sat on the side of the bed. I knew what God wanted, but I didn't want it. I don't know where I was looking for a sign. I don't know what I was looking for. But the Holy Spirit works in and on Christians. Um, the blind man, the song, somebody touched me. Who that is living inside of you and me is supposed to be calling the shots. But sometimes we want to call the shots. You know what happens when we pull the trigger? And it's only a snap because we weren't loaded just right. It's amazing. The Holy Spirit works in several ways. I wanted to share this with you concerning, concerning James. First of all, the Holy Spirit of God worked through James's parents. Listen to this. Salome, the mother of James and John, was a godly woman. She was a faithful follower of Jesus. But in spite of the things, the fact is that she made a selfish request. She said, I want, I want my boys to have the chief seats in the kingdom. I mean, Lord, you know I've raised them right. I've raised them in the house of God. They know scripture. They're willing to do all these things. They sing in the choir. They visit. They do all these things. And all I ask you is let them sit in the chief seats. Remember, Jesus said, hey, that's not mine to give. That's not mine to give. Um, Salome was among the... Uh, Women who ministered to Jesus when he was tired, when he was hungry. She was among that crowd. She was at the cross comforting Mary when Jesus was dying. Salam, the mother of James and John. Also, not only did James have, have godly parents, but he had a wonderful pastor. His pastor, as I said, was none other than John the Baptist. The, the, John the Baptist did not lecture on theology. He didn't beg for money. He just proclaimed Jesus. And all that preaching that he did and all those people who came and were baptized, and he kept saying, hey, he's coming. There is coming one that I'm not even worthy to untie or tie his shoes. And he kept going. He kept preaching. He kept teaching. He kept baptizing. And then one day, up walks Jesus. And so these, these boys, Andrew, uh, uh, James, and John, they, they were drawn by this kind of preaching. Also, there was something working on the inside of James. That drew him. Jesus said no man can come to the Father. Unless he come through me. No man can come to the Father. Unless he is drawn by the Spirit of God. 
And that drawing of the Spirit of God is not just for a lost person to be saved. It's for a saved person to, to go further. To have a closer, we sing the song, just a closer walk with thee. Grant it, Jesus, if you please. Well, he does grant it. But we don't want to get that close because if we get that close, we got to be more committed. And I don't want to be more committed. I'm committed as I want to be. And we miss out on the blessings that comes uh, with a greater commitment to the Lord. You see, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that will cause a person to surrender and go a little deeper. I'm not saying, hey, surrender to preach, surrender to be a missionary, but maybe surrender to more outreach, to reaching your neighbor. Going that extra mile with those you've already been a mile with and they, they ask you to go a little further, to go a little further. We see not only was his decision a thoughtful decision, he thought through this thing, but we see him, it became a total, a total decision. James and the others gave Jesus a top spot in their lives. A top spot in their lives. He came before self. He came before family. He came before material possessions. Matthew 6.33 says, what? But seek ye the Lord when? First. Seek ye the Lord first. While he may be found. And all these things will be added unto you. Let me tell you. Lynn and I didn't give up anything. Okay. All we done was surrender and follow the Lord. We continue to follow the Lord. And he continues to pour blessings. Okay. We haven't missed a payment. We haven't missed a meal. We haven't missed anything. Even when we were in Africa. God blessed and God provided. And he does it. Through people. Through people. When we think about James and all that he did, we, we not only think about the decision, which probably was not easy, but secondly, we think of the development of this thing. Verse 19 says, And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I'll make you, I will make you, I will cause you to develop into becoming a fisher of Men, You'll no longer worry about catching fish, but you'll be catching men's souls. After a, after a moment of decision, James and all the people who surrendered to the master entered to enter into a long, slow, painful process. <clears throat> On the human side, I didn't want to leave. Lynn and I built a brand new brick house. Brand new. I thought I'd committed the worst sin in the world when I signed for the loan. $14,000. Three bedrooms, a den, a kitchen, and a dining. <laughs> Moved in with carpet on the floor. Through the entire house except in the kitchen. Brand new washer and dryer. Wow. And then later we, we built an in-ground swimming pool. 
I didn't want to give all that up. I didn't want to leave that spot. I mean, we had built that spot. We added on a bonus room, a den, and that uh, laying brick up in West Virginia. I found some old hewed beams out, four by six, still had the wooden pegs in them. And I, and I asked the man about them. He said, if you want them, son, you can have them. I got them things. I brought them home, put them in that den. The brick wall that was in there with a humongous fireplace in it, I was tearing an old chimney down, me and my daddy. And the man of the house said, hey, y'all want them brick? Daddy said, no, nah, I don't want them. I said, well, I don't guess I do if daddy don't. And the man said, your granddaddy laid them brick. I said, I want them brick. Got those brick, brought them home, cleaned them, and laid them in that wall. And every so often in that wall was a rock that I had picked up off a different job where I had laid rock. A lot of things meant a lot to us. And I can see Lynn right now. We're packing. We're loading a, a big U-Haul van. And, and I went to see where she was. She didn't know I was standing there, but she was on her knees in her closet crying. Hey, our house was built straight across from the old house where she was born. But when God calls, and you know it's God calling, the best thing to do is give in. Just give in. Lynn gave her testimony one time at Earl's Grove. She said, you know, all those memories back there, you know, God just took them away. The desire to keep them, the desire to have them. You know, every once in a while, if I'm headed to Greenville Hospital, I'll detour off 85 and hit 81 and go right up and, and turn on Fire Tower Road just to go by and slow down and look. Yeah, the memories are there. Well, James had a lot of those. I'm satisfied. I mean, in days going on by, he'd see that ship. He'd see his daddy. And his daddy said, son, how things going? Daddy wouldn't believe what I'm getting to do and what I'm getting to see. You just never would believe it. I had my mom and daddy's blessings when I told them I'd surrender to preach. I had their blessings. I wished my grandmother had been alive when I did that. She was 92 when she left the world. And her prayer, I didn't know this, her prayer was always this. God called one of my grandboys to preach. I had no idea. Way back there being prayed for while I was just a wild teenager. <laughs> and God was working all the time. Development of Christian character comes through God's graces. God's graces is... Uh, God's riches at Christ's expense. It'll always be that way. Well, we not only see his decision, we see a development, but we also see his death. Would you turn, if you want to, if you don't want to, it's okay, Acts 12, 1 through 3. I'm going to turn there right quick. And Acts 12, 1 through 3. third chapter in James's life is death. Are you ready? Where'd that thing go? Acts 12, beginning verse 1. Now about that time, 
Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, that is, when he apprehended Peter, he put him in prison and delivered him into four quadrillions. How do you say that, y'all? Are you looking at your book? Quadrillions? Turnions? Where's Daryl B. upsetting? Mr. Clemson? Huh? Okay, you ain't got any idea what that means? Sixteen men changed guards every three hours watching Peter. Peter was a man of God. Peter preached the word of God with fire, brimstone, hell. He preached it, and Herod didn't like it. So he put these soldiers guarding him to keep him, the Bible says, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing by the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, now listen, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord came upon him and the light shone in the prison and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands and the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and knew not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. My soul. Herod was bad news. It brought about the death of James. Put to death with a sword, the Bible says. And it pleased the Jews. And when it did so, he said, okay, if I got your approval, I'll go after the rest of them. Naming, hey, <clears throat> I don't know, it could have been Peter the pastor. I don't know. But he set out to go get Peter because he was an influence. Are you influencing anybody? Am I influencing anybody? If you are, the devil's going to go after you or me so we'll stop being the influence because he don't want to lose another soul. James, killed with a sword. One swift stroke. Twelve years after the death of Jesus, Herod rids himself of James. So I simply say, James was killed in the line of duty. Can you imagine the rewards that awaited him? What does a short life mean when it suddenly ends in death? We see a viewpoint of his, his humility. Sudden death came upon James. It should humble all of us to acknowledge, hey, life goes on even without us. Life goes on. But we need to run the best race we can run while we run it. The viewpoint also, not only of, of humility, but it's hu his humanity. James was human. 
He, he did just like you and I. He, he sought the Lord, and he probably ran from him even. But this sudden dismissal of James should shock us into realizing this, how close we live to the edge of eternity. And we're only one heartbeat away, y'all. One step. Then we see the viewpoint of the heartache. His death saddened the hearts of those that loved him. Of course, you know who we're thinking about probably, the last person to die in our congregation. His absence saddens us. Quick. Well, not only a decision and a development in his death, but I want us to think just for a moment and I'll be done. His destiny. Where are we headed? James, I'm satisfied. I guarantee he had no idea that Herod would be after him to kill him. But he surrendered to the Lord. The story of James does not end at the graveyard. Thank goodness it don't end at the graveyard. Following his decision, his development, and his death was his destiny. And we don't need to pity James for the way he died. He died in the line of duty. Somebody said, I hope I can die in the pulpit. Well, if so, fine. If not, that's okay too. But in the line of duty, wherever you are, wherever, wherever you will be tomorrow, your calling of whatever kind of work you do, it's still a calling to share the word of God no matter where we are. To love people and to make sure we know whether they're saved or not. You could be the next person that would be asked the question, do you know if they were saved or not? You work with them. Do you know if they're saved or not? I understand you, you, you go to breakfast with them every, every morning. Do you know if they're saved or not? You work with them. Do you know? It's going to be embarrassing if you had to say, you know, I never ask him. I never ask him. I was talking with a man. He, he's saved and... Um, Baptized, member of a church, and uh, I said, but what about your wife? He said, I'll have to be honest with you. I don't know where she's saved or not. Guys, you need to ask. You need to make sure. You need to know that. It's going to be, hey, it's going to be sad or it's going to be comforting for you to know. You don't need to guess. Well, I hope so. I think so. Maybe it was. I don't know. The first apostle to die and leave was the first one to get back with Jesus. What about it? James, whom Jesus called, and he answered the call, not knowing that it would lead to his death. But his destiny, his whipped cream, and he's enjoying it even today. Father, thank you for the evening. Thank you for James. Lord, he's an example for us. Probably didn't follow the Lord over 15 years. But he served him and he served him well. Lord, help us to know that our time could end any time that we need to serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. And lift up the name of Jesus. Because, Lord, we don't want rocks crying out to you. We want to do that. We want to worship you. I pray that you just speak to our hearts tonight. We love you, God. We thank you for all the provisions you provide for us through your son, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.